everyone, it's your host Teresa. My guest on this podcast is rapper and musician Deli Flay. We discussed his passion for music, steps that he's taken to move forward in the music industry, and overcoming self-doubt. Let's get into it. Tea Time with Tea. I'm your host, Teresa. I'm Deli. And yeah, and today on this episode of the podcast, we have Deli Flay. Yo. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) He's an artist Mm -hmm. in terms of like... I paint. (laughs) No. I'm joking. He's a... You're a musician. Yeah, I guess you'd say that. A musician. I produce. I rap. I write songs you do everything a little bit of everything a little bit of everything i'm a jack of trades jack of all trades master of none you it's supposed to be master of all of none no isn't it all no for me it's a jack of all trades master of none i might be a master of rapping though but like christmas time ooh. You don't want him to see me rap gifts. I mean, if you guys do want to see him rap, check out his Instagram, at <laughs> Deli Flay, because that video is up of him rapping at Christmas time. Who wrote that? It was rapping, huh? No, it's a real Christmas song. Was it? Yeah. You thought I made it up? I thought I, I thought someone That's made That's hilarious. It up. I really did. They're like, here, sing it. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> no. That's... Unfortunately, that was a real Christmas song. No, fortunately. Fortunately, yeah. it was a real Christmas song. It was nice. It was written very nice. I like that it song. It was nice. The melodies were nice. I didn't know it, as you can tell. Right. I was probably like, I was like shook a little bit, but I was still in my vibes. I was like in my zone, so like. Was that your dad playing the guitar? Definitely my dad. <laughs> it was definitely my father. So, let's get into that, actually. Mm. When I first met you, mm-hmm. we were talking before, it was on set. Mm-hmm. We met on set. We were extras for I don't, I don't even remember background actors. Background actors, like put some respect on our names, please, guys, please. We work fourteen hour days. Also, fourteen, sometimes twelve, but fourteen's worse. And then, and that was two years ago. So yeah. fast forward two Jeez. years later, you're doing your music thing. Mm-hmm. And I've always been. You always been doing your music. I've always been, uh, I've always been what I am. I've just been, I just like, when I meet people, I'm very quiet about it. Like, I'm never mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I do it Music. all. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I just like meet you and I'm who I am at the moment. And then like, if you follow me on Instagram. That's and, how you find out. Yeah. And if we like get into that conversation, right. then that's where it well, happens. That's how I found out that you were into <laughs> music because... You actually don't have this post anymore on mm. your Instagram, but to me oh, it was shit. memorable. You were playing the piano uh-huh. and you were singing. And I was like, Really? Whoa. Like and it sounded so good. Which one? I don't was that. It singing? was so long ago. Oh, it, it was, was definitely so the comedy video. Ago. Was it a comedy video? It was no, it was just you in the zone at a pe- like the keyboard. 
on the keyboard, like That's the crazy. singing melodies. And what? I think you deleted a bunch of stuff from your Instagram, actually. Yes. Because I'm not Instagram stalking. I just want to put that out there. That's actually cool. But... but to me, it was memorable. And that was like the first time I heard you like um, sing. sing and play. Mm. so and that's how i knew i was just like okay this kid is into music and then yeah. moving forward that's all i saw on your instagram feed yeah, was yeah. just like music 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 totally i love music i'm so into it <laughs> so, so you you've always been into music mm-hmm. how did you develop an interest in music when did it all start i was forced into it damn it <laughs> His dad, the guitar player. I'm like a second generation Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, starting but, um, off at four years old. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like you're going to learn to play an in- instrument. You're going to learn to sing. You're yeah. going to learn to dance. Pretty much. Like, but it wasn't more like, it wasn't like I was forced into it. It was more like, hey, did you know that like you could sing? Let's like sing. And then like I would sing and it would sound good. And I was on tune. So my parents would be like, oh, like he has potential. And then I think my first year ever realizing that I could sing and perform and like that I loved it was in kindergarten. So that's really young. There were, I think I was like, what, five five or six. Yeah. And there were, there were talent shows every year at my uh, elementary school. And um, I was, I was like the only, I was like the, I was like. One out of two Asian kids in my class. Yeah. Or one out of three. Sorry, that took super long to process. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out what I was going to say. But um, yeah, it was like very, like Asians were very like sparse, sparse, well, scarce. Did you whatever. grow up in Staten Island? I grew up in Staten Island. Okay, so. But yeah. So like imagine a little, a smaller version of me in a white denim like outfit with a white tee and hair slicked back. Okay. At an all-white school, this singing like... "Your Mama Don't Dance, But Your Daddy," uh, "Your Mama Don't Dance and Your Daddy Don't Rock and Roll." Yeah, but your mama don't dance and your daddy. <laughs> like, bruh, <clears throat> I experienced no lie. I experienced a standing ovation from the whole auditorium. That's amazing. It was like what, like a good, like twenty-five to fifty people. Yeah, you know, parents and Probably all that shit. Probably more because you have like your peers, then their parents, yeah. your parents, your teachers. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of people. That was, like, my first taste of, like, stardom. Yeah. You know, like, everybody made it important. Like, it was important. Like, you were important afterwards, and it was like, oh, my God, you, like, killed it. Yeah. And every year after that, I partook in these um, talent shows. Excuse me. And I uh, I sang, and I, I, like, slightly danced. Do you feel like it just stuck with you? Like, okay, Definitely. I love, like... At family parties, I willingly performed... performed. Yeah. Like, I choreographed, this is, like, I might get some heat for this, but but I used to, like, watch and sync, like, concert videos. Right. And, and, like, learn their dance moves and teach them to my little cousins. Could you This is very this? juicy right Can now. Make no. Like, mimic this right now? No, but this was, like, you know, I don't know, 12-year-old me, like, That's 13-year-old me, like, girls were all into NSYNC, and you were like, Psh, I hate NSYNC. But then you're home, like, listening to NSYNC because you're like, wow, Justin Timberlake can fucking sing. Sorry, can I curse on this? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I was very into dancing and singing at the same time. And then 
Uh, I was enrolled in piano lessons, like you guessed. I was, you know, my, yeah. my mom was like, learn an instrument. I think I actually tried guitar first. Guitar first. And then piano next. Then piano. Because I was like, man, my fingers hurt from the guitar strings. Yeah. So I quit guitar. What about, did you play any other instrument after that, like sax- saxophone? Saxophone? No, I didn't get into that. But uh, I played the hell out of a flute, though. Nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish, I wish I did. Like that Anchorman like, wow, scene. Very like well rounded. <clears throat> no, the flute would be crazy. Harmonicas are cool to play. Um, I had a harmonica when I was younger. Did not know how to play like yeah. the fundamentals yeah. of like how to professionally it's play a hard. harmonica. It's hard. Yeah, but um, it was fun. It they're so fun, and I remember getting this harmonica. <clears throat> My dad got it for me, and I would just play and play like. From morning to night, just having so much fun with it, yeah. until my brother got tired of it and like <laughs> threw it in a pool. And oh damn! That was like the end of my harmonica days. Shit. I know, I know. R.I.P. Harmonica. I know. That pool swallowed it. Just <laughs> ate it. Like I'm eating these Swedish fish. But yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how I got into music, right? How you got into music. So, kindergarten sparked it all. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten sparked it all. And then your parents were the driving force to... Well, not even your parents. You wanted to keep doing it. I wanted to perform, yeah. Yeah. Piano lessons, I felt... They were too structured for me. Growing up, I was like, I never really liked structure. I was always like, I want to learn this, I want to learn that. Spontaneous. I was very spontaneous, always spontaneous. Like kind of keeping your feet in a little bit of everything? Yeah, like I said, like yeah. jack of all trades, master of none. So like I should be like amazing at piano. I'm okay. But like part of the reason is because I like stopped. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? I want to compose my own songs with what I know already. Right. Which, I mean, it helped me in the long run. Like I felt like I was learning a little bit. I might get some heat for this too, but it felt like I was learning a little bit too much classical. Right. I wanted to learn songs like You Got It Bad by Usher and on the piano. On the piano. Like yeah. I wanted to learn how to accompany people, how to sing. And so like I went to Snug Harbor actually on Staten Island, right. the conservatory of music. I'm not familiar with Staten Island at all. It's okay, shout out Staten Island. Hey Staten Island. <laughs> and hi Jacqueline. She's gonna be on the podcast soon. Hey Jacqueline. She's also from Staten Island. Oh awesome. What's she do? Um so I met Jacqueline. Um, she was a team leader for a real estate company that I was working for. Hmm. And now I believe she's doing the similar things. But she's just really like, she's just an amazing person to be around. Like, you know when you just like vibe with people? Of course. And good energy. Mm-hmm. So you want to be around that. You don't want to be around someone who's miserable and who's uh-huh. complaining. No, this girl, she's just positive positive outlook on life and she's just killing it in staten island that's dope so, yeah that's dope shout out to her shout out jacqueline shout out to jacqueline we'll see you soon <laughs> <laughs> but no go, going back to music playing piano mm-hmm. but then like take stepping back from taking actual classes mm-hmm. just because you wanted to compose your own music mm-hmm. how old were you when that happened uh, i might have been about 14 like from fourteen to sixteen is when I really was like itching to like play my own music right. and like produce, so to say, my own music. Nice. Fourteen to sixteen. Fourteen to sixteen. 
And of course you were like still in school at that <laughs> time, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me just make sure like this kid just didn't like quit school. No, no. Piano lessons were piano lessons were like an extracurricular activity, activity like, from school. Right. So definitely I finished high school. I'm not I'm not one of these guys, you know. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. So after so what did you compose? Like from 14 to 16, <laughs> you're like taking this break from piano classes mm -hmm. to compose your own stuff mm -hmm. what were you creating like how did you know they were like, like simple i'm not gonna lie to you they were like to like put together i wasn't like a mozart like or a beethoven i was more like um trying to emulate like either hip-hop beats of that time and that era or like r&b melodies so i'd learn how to like improvise like almost like improv like improv acting but improvising with my fingers on a piano, playing whatever notes go with the song that I'm listening to. Right. Um, and so, when I started composing my own melodies for beats, which were like four bar, it was like a length of four bars. Right. Um, which the melody would repeat for. It would be like, you know, be a certain pattern that would repeat. And with that pattern of that chord, of those specific chord progressions, you get to play like I said, the improvision, the improvision over it. Right. So I would like compose stuff like that where it was very like loop based and very like improv. So like jazz, like not jazzy, but. I was going to say, side note, we have a piano in the room. <laughs> I was like, if it was set up out here, I would be like, oh, show me how you did it right now. <laughs> and side, side note, because you're saying um, like improvising. <laughs> There's um there's actually musical improv. Oh yeah? Yeah. You should look into that. For sure. Maybe like get on stage, do some instrument. Sounds interesting. Start singing. Okay. That would be cool. Yeah. I would watch. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of creating your own music. Mm -hmm. I'm just eating away at these Swedish fish. People probably think I'm a slob. It's like, oh my god, look at how you eating those. So when I got back from like getting all like the candies, my favorite candy is um sweet tarts. Oh yeah. And I really I could have. That's sworn, weird. Is it weird? No. no. No, sweet tarts are good. Sweet tarts are so good, and I got back and I'm like, oh, like taking out all the goodies, and I'm like, where's my sweet tarts? And <laughs> I picked up nerds instead, which are just as good. Very good. Oh yeah, going down. I want some actually. There you go. Thank you. Take some nerds. We're taking a little nerds break. Nerds are great. But anyway, okay, let's get to this. So let's circle back. We were talking about you creating creating music. Uh-huh. So we talked about like how you got into music. Now on to creating music. Where do you get inspiration from when you're writing and creating? For everyday life. That's, mm -hmm. That might sound like a cliche, a cliche answer, but um, it's true. Like when I rap, I rap about real life things. Like if I'm talking about money experiences, like I, I just spent it and I made it all back. Like if that I'm using that as a bar, I really did that. You know what I mean? Right. Like hopped out the bends. Like I really did that at one point in my life. Fancy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm saying that I own one, but. No, no, but like actually. But you know, you can't lie about, like my main thing was when I was a kid, is I thought, I was so naive that I thought that every every artist, excuse me, 
I thought that every artist wrote their own songs, like Usher, Beyonce, right. Justin Timberlake. I thought that they were behind everything. Right. If not the like, if not just the lyrics, like I thought that they were behind, like the performing and the lyrics, and the composition and stuff. So, right. um, I almost forgot my point. Going back to where you get inspirations for writing your songs, it's coming from real life experiences and not just right, like, like made up. Okay, so yeah, my point was, is when I found out that Usher didn't write like Confessions Part Two, oh. I was very hurt. I didn't even know that. Like just like how I'm hurt that Cardi B doesn't write her own raps. Time out. Hold up. Wait, let's not make this about Cardi right now. No, but this just might... let that digest. Hold up. Wait a minute, cause. I just listened to um, Carpool Karaoke. Yeah, she's dope. And yeah, Cardi B actually said on Carpool Karaoke that, um, you know, he was joking with her like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't drive, but you have all those cars. Mm-hmm. And then she said, yeah, like, I have all those cars. At least just now I could like to take pictures with it. But she could now she could also rap about it. Like right, she could right. rap about being right. in a land. Exactly, or exactly, exactly. So what I got from that, I was just like, I thought she did write her own music. Yeah, I mean, artists are going to, like, you can't downplay it and say that she doesn't write all her music because she definitely has a hand in it. Right. But, you know, behind every brand is a puppeteer. Yeah. So. Kind of like a ghostwriter? Would that be the right term? No, I'd say he's a songwriter for her. I mean, he could be a ghostwriter since no one knew. But if you're getting paid... Um, as an art, as an artist writing on a record, and the it's credited, is credited in like Apple Music or on like the album, the tangible album. Right. Then you're a songwriter on the record. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Do you write music for any other artists? I did actually. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm gonna gonna disclose them here, but let's just say right. it was for um it was for artists on VH1 and Viacom. So that was a cool experience. And at the moment, I mean, I know we haven't touched on the Philippines topic yet, yeah. but at the moment, uh, me and my, um, I guess you could say friend in the Philippines who I make music with, uh, we are currently writing for other artists That's and cool. like pitching songs to other artists right now yeah. too. Yeah. Let's get into that actually. Awesome. Yeah. So you're <clears throat> Filipino. I'm Filipino. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're from the Philippines. No. Uh, yeah. Filipino descent. Were you born and raised in New York? I was born in Manhattan. Whoa! I think I was raised in Manhattan for a good year. Okay. And then we moved around a little bit, I think, to Queens and then Staten Island. Nice. I'm from Queens. Awesome. Like, I lived in Queens, like, for the majority of my time. (laughs) I think I met you when you were still in Queens? Yeah. 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 I was in Forest Hills when you met me. Oh, but cool. um, my parents lived in Richmond Hill. For the oh, long. okay. It's like Richmond I don't know where Hill, that is, Ozone but... Park. It's like where all the West Indians are. <laughs> Copy. Heard you. And, but I mean, from very young, my dad always like took us to, to the city. I started acting classes like when I was 15. Dope. Acting and modeling and just... Going into the city every single weekend, yeah. I love being there. Loved like, it. love it. Yeah. And now, like, I work there also, so. Yeah, well, that's cool. I don't think, like, no matter where I go, there's no place, like, coming back, being in the city, or, like, going 
being in Queens and having like a slice of pizza from your favorite pizzeria. Like nothing there's like nothing that. like that. No. I couldn't do that in the Philippines for sure. I you visited? Sort of. It was more like um it was more like a business move, if you want to say that. Okay. I visited the Philippines in two thousand three. Um I was like fourteen or fifteen. Just to explore, out. like your parents wanted to take you. Yeah, to. like we, there was yeah. like mainly tourist stuff going on. What is it like over there? Because I've never been there. Um. Well, it is part of Asia, but it's also um a third world world country. Yeah. Uh, we were colon colonized by the Spaniards back in the day, which is why my last name is probably Del Rosario. Very like, it's nor it's it's it's. It's a place, you know, with roads and cars. It's just yeah. massive traffic. Lots of Filipinos. Um, lots of poverty. <laughs> I was like, I love how you said lots of Filipinos. Lots of Filipinos. Like, Who else would be else Lots there? of uh, poverty. Because I think the percentage rate, the percentage of poverty is uh, 83%. Uh, yeah. So. It's, I mean, it goes back to... Um, it's pretty bad. Just being grateful for what we have. Oh, for like, sure. There's like so many times like I find people who complain about what they don't have, and then we forget like no, we we are a lot better off than a lot of we're countries, blessed. and we're so blessed. So you know, you know. But yeah, it was totally humbling. Um, being in you know, because I got the best of both worlds there. So like I stayed at families. Like at families places where you know wasn't you weren't that you weren't living it that good yeah um, but you were living yeah you know what I'm saying so you still have a roof over your head exactly it's better than like the next person is still got water yeah I literally say this just like when you think you have it bad there's always Something someone that has it like has it worse than worse you. and that's not to make you feel good about yourself but no. it's to kind of like put things like in perspective to ground you almost exactly. Yeah. Definitely to ground you. Yeah. So, did you meet the person that you're working with right now from the Philippines? No, he's actually a childhood friend. Okay. Um, we used to play in this basketball league together when we were kids. And then when we were both in high school, we both were rapping. So, we were the only Filipino kids out of our whole crew that rapped. Nice. And so, we had a rep to uphold. Nice. And it was... He called me last year one day or texted me and, and, you know, we had a little conversation about how he moved out there um, and how he was trying to pursue music out there and how he wanted me there with him. So that's how we ended up doing this. And now you're on like this new path to like... For sure. Yeah. To hopefully to success. I think so. I know that's one of your topics. That it it is. It is. Like, what are you doing to get on that path to success? And basically, you're teaming up. Yeah. Could I say his name? Christian Alexander. (laughs) You and Christian are teaming up to kind of... Do you think it's more like a... And don't forget my other boy, Evan Proper. And Evan Proper. It's It's foreign currency music. That's actually our uh, group name, foreign, foreign currency. Foreign currency, currency. music. Which well, actually just Why foreign can't currency. I say that? It's foreign, foreign currency. Currency. Um, but foreign currency music is the Instagram. Nice. Little plug. <laughs> but yeah, we linked up. And this was just.
just at random, like, you guys, okay, so it you guys went kinda... to high school together. You're these two kids that rap. We didn't go to high school like, together. Didn't go to high school. Just, like, same No, we were same just in the same, name, uh... Same basketball program. Did you guys lose, like, touch, like? Nah, we always made music together. Always made music together. Yeah, we always were rapping and sending songs. Like, I used to sing melodies, and he used to write lyrics to the melodies. Nice. Um, and vice versa, and we would just always work. Um, we'd always have conversations about whether to stop making music at a certain age or to Ooh, keep going. That's interesting, actually. So, I'm still going, as you can tell, so... Uh, the conversation was well worth it. That is very interesting now for him to say that because I feel like sometimes you're on this path and... That was years ago. Years ago. You're going, right? You're going to keep going. You're going to keep like doing whatever it takes to get to your end goal. Mm -hmm. But has there ever been like a moment where you got discouraged like... Oh man, I've been doing music for so long. I'm not getting where I need to be right now. Mm. Like maybe I should just stop and like throw in the towel. Have you ever felt like that? Yes and no, because I feel like those moments where I felt like stopping making music were more so moments of realizing that without other options, like you can't really make Without other options that you're creative about, mm -hmm. and like without strategically planning, you cannot possibly make a living off releasing free music. Right. And so it was not like, it was never like, man, I suck, and like I'm not getting anywhere, because it took a lot to get self to gain self confidence and to keep it molded and hone it. Um, so it was never that. It was more like, damn it, maybe I should just like live a normal life since I don't have time for music anymore. Right. Because I'm working at so-and-so job and I'm working here and I do this. Yeah, you know what I mean? What kept you going, though? Like, what was the thing that kept you going? <sighs> wow. Uh, I'm going to say myself. I'm very big on uh, overcoming self-doubt. Because I used to have a lot of self-doubt when I was a teenager. Um, it's what held me back in, in, in some aspects of performing and, and maybe solidifying certain connections that I should you know that I should have um, and didn't because of my particular ways of doing things. Um, I might be getting off track, but uh, you said how did I so like overcoming self-doubt, yeah, like I just always was like doubting what I wrote. You know what I mean? Like, like with lyrics. Like, you didn't believe in it? I didn't believe in it. So, right. like, there was actually a year, I think it was 2012 or 13, where I picked up this book called The Artist's Way. And I actually saw, this is funny, because I actually saw it on an interview with J. Cole. J. Cole was speaking about it. I like J. Cole. I love J. Cole. And he was speaking about um, writer's block and how when he picked up that book, his writer's block went away. And so when you when I read the book, it speaks about how writer's block is not a little spoilers spoilers, um, but um, it speaks about how writer's block is not really writer's block, and it's more like your brain's sensor telling you that like whatever line you write or whatever joke you write is trash. That's interesting. Before before you even like 
decide on whether it's good or not. Right. Your brain's already like, nope, so you cross it out. So that's what writer's block is when you're like, oh, man, I can't, I can't write right now. So ever since that book, actually, that's what give you, it gives you exercises to do. Like you go on, self, you go on dates with yourself. It sounds a little weird, but people know what I mean. Um, you, you what just, does that mean, go on dates with yourself? You spend alone time with yourself, okay. with your own thoughts. Right. Uh, you listen to your own music. You yeah. go to You go get some food by yourself. And you nowadays, learn to kind of like be with yourself and love like yourself, love yourself, understand yeah. yourself. Like, for lack of a better expression, you learn how to love yourself. And right. I feel like you can't really be a stable person or not even a person, a stable human being without knowing who you are first. Right. Without understanding your emotions and what provokes you, what drives you, what saddens you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to know all these things about yourself, or else you can't. There are certain situations you can't place yourself in because you're like a ticking time bomb right um and i've learned that you know so through just like experiences of like being in different places or for sure just like being in different relationships with people um which would mean like like business associates without an actual business but just like having that like oh but we're artists together on the same like crew and so, like, that became, like, a, you know, it was, like, a hurdle you had to get over. Because right. it was, like, if somebody disagreed, then, um, yeah, it was, you just had to get past it because it was just... Sometimes, you know, you'd have meetings with, like, your quote-unquote label mates and you would, like, people would have certain ideas and certain of, like, certain ex- executions, like, okay, this is how we're going to drop or this is going to be our leading single or this is going to be who's the the main artist. Yeah. And that self-doubt can really hinder you from speaking up. I, I, I can see that because then you kind of become that person who's more agreeable, which yeah. is, okay. A, You're like a yes man. Yeah, which is not a bad thing, but it, like you said, it could it could stop you from like, Putting out your own ideas and mm-hmm. your thoughts and your inputs. Sure. So it's kind of like going back to like... Like if I waited for you for every topic today, yeah. that would mean that I was like doubting my conversation exactly. skills. So that's why like this conversation is flowing because we both have no Think- self-doubt. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that goes back to like how you even ended up on the podcast. I, I mean, you post frequently i would mm. say like very yeah. frequently and i try to now yeah. yeah and your music is out there and i know me and other people they're like following your journey and like watching you like little Don't by little so. just like getting up there so for me to like mm-hmm. reach out was I, I don't know. I was just like, I'm going to cool. do it. And if he says yes, cool. If he doesn't, like, cool. I'm not going to wish you bad. It's just, you know. But, like, why would I even say no? It's me. Like, hello, guys. No, I'm <laughs> It's always good to collab, you know. I, I think so. And that was actually another um, question that I had for you was in terms of, like, collaborating with other artists before i get into what i'm about to ask about collaboration do you feel now that you are comfortable with speaking up and not doubting yourself yeah that you over you overcame that i overcame that yeah Yeah. self-doubt could be very overwhelming but once you know that 
It sounds so cliche, but once you know that you could do anything that you set your mind to, you could yeah. really do it. And that's why they say it's your world. Yeah. Like your world is your world. Whatever you want to get, you get it. Yeah. You There's no it. one stopping you from Nobody. getting it. Nobody. No. No one's like you can't get that job. Like that's just all in you. All these things that we think are in our head, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. Besides reading the artist's way mm -hmm. and spending time with yourself to overcome that self-doubt, mm -hmm. was there anything else that you did? Um, basically, just injecting myself into different environments, atmospheres. Right. So, like how I was in the Philippines, you know, I had the best of both worlds. It was always like, I lived fancy at some point, and I also lived humble. poor and humble at one point, like. Um, it was like that in New York, you know, mm -hmm. I'd be in the suburbs at one point and I'd be at my friend's crib in the hood, like, yeah. just, you know, it, it was what it was. And, um, it was really just getting acclimated to like being around different types of people and actually making the effort to speak up or speak out and making sure that you're heard. Like, you know, if you don't, if you don't speak up and if you don't act, most of the time, like, your vision will just crumble. What do you say to people now if, um, if, because now you do find yourself speaking up, what if someone does say, like, hey, that idea is no good. I take my business like, elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, Pretty much, yeah. No, it's, and I don't blame you for that. But it's also, like, do you feel like you're comfortable with also taking constructive criticism? Oh, of course. Like, I thought you meant like if a videographer is like, I can't do that. Yeah, no, well, I guess in both ways, because there are some people who are like, okay, no, that's not working. We can't do it. And then there's other people who says, no, that's not working. And this is why. Mm -hmm. To me. I prefer the why. Exactly. I'm like, I'm also very favorable more to that because I want to know why something isn't working mm -hmm. and like, what are you bringing to the table? Because right, right. if you're going to not agree with it, mm -hmm. then your opinion means nothing. Exactly. Like you have to like, you could have an opinion, but bring something along with that opinion. Right, right. And um, I think I'm also like just still trying to get more comfortable with constructive criticism, criticism yeah. and just like using them to make me better. Because again, when you are like an artist and you're creating and yeah. you're doing things you always like want to think like oh my idea is so great like this podcast is gonna be like the best thing ever yeah. and it kind of like you kind of get carried away and then you lose focus on like why you started it in, in the, the first, first place. place so it's kind of like just you know bringing yourself back to earth and yeah grounding sure. yourself um okay so I wanted to talk to you about collaborations because mm -hmm. now you're comfortable, you're good with like speaking up and like, you know, putting your words out there. For a couple of years, yeah. For several For, years. That's good. It was, like <laughs> I mean, a, it's, it yeah. was a work in pro I'll progress. I would say ever since, ever since high school, you know, high school yeah. I was a different kind of animal. Yeah. I'm I mean, and we all man. are. I'm <laughs> savage. Just like slaying everyone. But no, it's like... It just sounds funny when you're... <laughs> when it's like, now you know how to speak up. But it, but it's true. It's like, no, it is it's true, a, yeah. It's people, a learning process. A lot of people don't speak up. They don't. A lot of people don't get on a mic and say what they really feel. I feel like... Say, no, no, I don't want to be... I, I'm like censored to a certain point. You gotta keep it censored. What do you want me to be like, Kanye on here? 
You don't got the answers, T. <laughs> I'm not cutting it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I've never, I don't know. Like, I don't like, you know, you have to self-reflect and self-analyze. And I think sometimes sure. I talk way too much and it goes off topic. And it's like, wait, like we weren't even talking about that. <laughs> like, where are you coming from right now? And yeah. then, and then I go back and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> My bad. But, um. Talking about collaborations. Yeah. I swear we'll get through this topic. We will get through it. I'm ready. Who are you, not who are you collaborating with now, but like how do you go about like collaborating with other people? Just people in general? Like people Just that want to work? People, people that want to work, people who are interested in music, who are clearly doing the same things that you're doing. Like how do you get in touch with them? Like how do you meet up? Like how do you get to working and the reason the reason i'm asking this is because um i say this on every single podcast that you need to be around people who are in the same circle as you are Mm -hmm. and that are doing the same things that you're doing Mm -hmm. because i feel like that is like a big source of motivation yeah for sure and this is just like off topic right now for me personally i feel like if I had like friends that were doing podcasting or who were really into like acting or creating or writing. I feel like I could have like this like bomb group. Yeah, yeah, like this team that could just like create and produce and like record or just want to spend their like weekends like making content. It gets tired doing things by yourself. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, like, this is, like, I I love it. It's fun for me. Um, Just, like, connecting and, like, talking to people and seeing what they're doing, like, it's cool. But it it would be, like, nice to, like, kind of have other people. All right, so we were talking about collaborations and just, like, going about, like, how do you go about, like, collaborating with people and, like, like, how do you pick them, like? Are you looking for something? Are they looking for something? Like, just how do you make the whole thing happen and come together? With with collaborations, it just comes naturally to Mm -hmm. me. Like, as an artist, I'm never one to shy away from, like, hitting up another person like you did, which is why it's commendable and which is also why I said yes to it because it's like, who am I to say that I can't be on your show because of such and such reasons, right? Like. Like I'm not, that's why when you were like, you know, like, oh my God, he showed up. It was like, but I'm a human being too, you know, like maybe if I had a manager who was controlling my every move and he said, nah, that's not a good look, then, then, okay. But as an artist myself, personally, like I like, I'm a very genuine empath when it comes to music and when it comes to something that I really gravitate towards and enjoy. So if it's like. A friend who's a videographer that makes like dope superhero segments, mm-hmm. excuse me, for Instagram. But um, you have to reach out, you know, you got to reach out and me put some like flame emojis mm-hmm. in their comment section. I'm, and um, maybe even DM them and be like, yo, bro, like I'm trying to be in an episode. What's up? I got my acting chops together. Or hitting up your producer friend, um, somebody who you know charges for beats, but you're like, yo, I really fuck with your beats, bro. I'm going to pay for one. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
putting your due diligence, like doing your due diligence, I should say, like putting your best foot forward. Um, and humility, uh, humility plays a huge part in just being humble and, and knowing your, knowing your limits, but knowing also who to keep around. Yeah. So like, you know, I always keep mental notes about who I would and wouldn't collaborate with. Because you see it, it's very visible on your Instagram, on your Facebook, who supports, who doesn't, who watches from the corner and doesn't say a word, but is the first one to talk shit about you to, Mm -hmm. you know, a group of friends who you know. Um, Sounds like an episode of Mean Girls. But (laughs) (laughs) no, it's uh, (laughs) definitely a burn book. (laughs) It's where I keep all my roaches. Never mind, mom. (laughs) But anyway, but yeah, like... So if you wanted to tie that into um, Foreign Currency, which is the group that we yes. started in Manila, Manila, Philippines, that group was literally born in the Philippines. So it's our baby right now. It's the three of us. It's me, uh, Christian, Alexander, and our other boy, Evan Proper, who's from the Bay Area right. in um, in California. Yeah, we kind of just formed this like hip-hop group, R&B hip-hop, with... We like we strategized it, and it was not like, it was not like just like we. I showed up to the Philippines, and we were like, let's make a group. Right. It was more like we were having conversations and sending songs back and forth. Sorry, but, I had like this thing in my head, like, let's start a band, guys. <laughs> let's start a motherfucking band, guys. Making the band part six. Yeah, that's pretty much what we did. We like trapped each other. <laughs> we trapped ourselves in in one condo. Yeah, it's true. And that's then we crazy. just like. We but, like we vibed, yeah. Um, but before that, that like all the collaborations prior to that led to that. Yeah. So like us setting songs back and forth to each other while they were in the Philippines and I was here in New York, and like actually making full fledged songs. Yeah. And knowing what potential they had, that was what really sparked foreign currency because in the Philippines, for rap, I guess. It's um, I would say like it's easier to market yourself as a rap collective or yeah. like a rap group. Is rap like really big in the Philippines? Rap is a, rap has a big underground scene in the Philippines. Yeah. And so. Um, Are you guys also doing like stuff in like different languages? Or? No, actually not yet. Yeah. But um, I do speak it fluent. I speak Tagalog fluently, and um. Say something to us. Share. Uh, mabuhay, which means. Like, you know, live life to more success. Nice. Um, and if you want to ask somebody how they're doing, are you Hispanic? No. You're not Hispanic? No, I'm West Indian. West Indian, mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. But uh, no, it's fine. But I no, I was asking that because um, the language is sort of similar. So to it, Spanish? So like, como yeah. estas is in Spanish and in, mm-hmm. and in Tagalog, which is the Filipino dialect, it's camusta. Camusta. So it's kind of like combined. Yeah. And like, yeah, Come just like fused together. That's cool. Yeah, but back to the collaboration. Um, that's all it took, man. It was just like knowing what your audience, knowing your your audience, yeah. knowing your demographic, which is kind of the same thing, but not really, and knowing what's expected of artists out there. Yeah. So like, what's expected of hip hop artists, pop artists, R and B artists, jazz artists? You have to know your lane, and we knew our lane, mm-hmm. which was. Western music, which is our music here, um, and basically just bringing the 
you, like we're not reinventing the steering wheel. We're bringing the steering wheel out there. Right. And we're like, this is how we steer it. How do you like? You know what I'm saying? Like we're culture wise. Culture wise. Yeah, like bringing the New York culture, the New the York hip hop culture to the Philippines. Yeah. Because yes, they have a hip hop scene, but um, the best way to say it is, it's not authentic enough. Right. And they feel like. Kind of just like copied from. It's a carbon copy mm-hmm. for sure, but there's a lot of. Um, misconceptions about hip-hop in the philippines is you know a lot of people still don't like hip-hop they think it's just noise and um violence violence and all this stuff but it's really it's deeper than that it's poetry it's wordplay it's alliteration polyphonics all that stuff mm-hmm. um it's very educational too it's political it's fun it's a lot of those things but um it's just it needs a bigger audience is what i'm trying to say right the hip-hop from the Philippines. So if you want to compare it to something, let's compare it to K-pop. So my idea um, throughout the duration of my my trip there and my, my stay, actually, it was like, yo, K-pop is dope and all, mm-hmm. but Filipinos got music too. Yeah. And so I guess you could say, you know, it's rare and, and it's rare that I really took pride in being Filipino when, when I was younger. younger and because, you know, parents were embarrassing and maybe you just want to be American sometimes. You yeah. know, the pressure of like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So like, I would always be like, oh, you know, I don't have that, that kind of pride and I'm just me, you know, like, yeah. I've developed more pride now than ever before. And so. No, I mean, I could 100% relate to that. Well, first of all, I wasn't born here. I was born in Guyana. So, mm. I mean... Oh, that's like, wavy. I got some Guyanese friends. Yeah. That's and it's dope. like... Gro- but then it's like growing up... But you guys, some ha- you guys have some Asian in you too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like growing up in New York. And a lot of my friends always say... Yeah. Like, I don't have an accent or whatever. But it's also part because, like, I grew up here. Right. Like, went to school here. Right. So, it's like, when you're younger, you It's about who you, like, who you stick around. Yeah, like, who you were Who you learn from. Exactly. And I am not ashamed of my culture at all. Right. Like, I love the food. Right. I mean, I didn't have curry for, like, three years because of my braces. Because it's an animal <laughs> I love, top. I love curry. I'm saying. Like, I love curry. Good. One of my best friends is Guyanese, and every time I'm over his house, it's good stuff. I'm always just like, let me get some curry. But no, <clears throat> for me, it's just, you know, again, it's like going back to like what you were saying about just being proud of your culture yeah. and like where you're from. And it, it makes us who we are. Like sure. being different, you know, it makes, us, it makes us different. And I think that's beautiful. I think culture is very beautiful. And the more different you are, the more, like, interesting you are to me. For sure. Yeah, so. So, yeah, the fact that I'm American, I'm an American-based artist Mm -hmm. in the Philippines makes it a little bit more. Sensationalized? uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the word, I guess. Yeah. It's very, um, yeah, let's use that word. Sensationalized. So, the effect is definitely different. Yeah. Like, even around certain friend groups that you... That I hung around with, you know, I was like, oh my god, you know, you're from America. Same thing with people from, like, London or, you know, Scotland that yeah. I was chilling with in the Philippines. It was like, oh my god, like, you're you're so different. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, we're all out here and we're not, we're, we're not native, but we're here partying mm -hmm. in our parents' homeland. Yeah. Not even partying, networking and do, just doing, like, doing, doing what, what we do. Yeah. do. Yeah. Doing what we do. And that collab mm -hmm. with Foreign Currency, the group that you're part of right now, mm -hmm. led to something even bigger, right? Yeah, actually, the Warner deal was, it was like impending. You guys heard that right? <laughs> like, the Warner Music deal, the Warner Music Philippines deal was, was, was pending. Um, I said impending. It was pending. Um, so... Warner had been interested already. Um, my friend had did an intro and and you know sent my music over, and the foreign currency was made like in the midst of knowing and expecting to be signed to Warner. Did they play any part of creating that group, no. or was that like this is this is Not us, but we're gonna go with this? Actually, funny enough. A, the sub-label that we're... I don't know if I can speak about this yet. Keep this on the wrap. Like, yeah, the totally. Well. Like, I won't, I'll cut it. Yeah, sure. And then, <laughs> and then I'll repost, like, hey, guys, rem like, I heard <laughs> it first. <laughs> like, I know you guys are now yeah. hearing about them, but um, this is not news to me. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool to have this stuff documented, and I'm going to have to be talking about it a lot, too. Like, yeah. So, um... I'm hoping to book some more interviews and stuff. So, um, but this is just like these these podcasts and these collaborations is also a way to get word out about yourself, of course, but yeah. about the other person as well. So, like yeah. that's why I'm very big on promoting other people, like having you in my story, having yeah. like behind the scenes. Um, with foreign currency, we have to do the same thing. Like content mm -hmm. is very important nowadays, and that's and I'm glad that you said that you see me post frequently. Yeah, because that means that what I'm doing is working. Yeah. Which is staying on top of keeping content I, daily. I agree with that. I think um, <clears throat> it's, I don't know. Like I struggle with this because a part of it is like you say like you're doing your craft. Mm -hmm. And this is for me too. It's like we're doing our crafts and our, our art. Mm -hmm. And we could sit here and we could say, like, hey, like, this is for me. This is, like, I'm doing it for me. And, like, if you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. <laughs> but it's just, like, when you're also trying to to grow and make it something and kind of make your passion become your career, <laughs> you have to go through these, like, other areas of, like, promoting and, like, learning to do graphics and learning to speak and <clears throat> learn just like learning new things mm -hmm. in order to get your um your voice out there yeah so i don't know like sometimes i like keep saying like oh i i love doing my podcast like mm -hmm. it is for me like i enjoy talking about it but then another part of me it's like no like this could be like a stepping stone somewhere down the line where maybe i'll be on e-news right who yeah. knows where it's gonna lead? I'm not saying like that's my end goal for it, mm -hmm. but if it happens, right? It's all about the steps that you put forward. You know exactly. You put forward the, the steps you take, really. And it's interesting that you say passions, and um, yeah, it's interesting that you say passions because I used to call what I do a passion, and I used to say like, yeah, I'm passionate about it, and there is passion in what I do. 
it's more like, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I've realized over the years that I'm good at what I, like I'm great at what I do. And so why not monetize it? Yeah. Because that's the only way we live, right? Is making money. Yeah. And Confucius once said, you know, you work a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. So my passions became my goals. My dreams became my goals, if that makes any sense. It does. Because I used to dream. You know, I used to be like, man, I wish that like I had a, I had a thousand plays at least on Spotify. Yeah. And now I do, you know, like, because I didn't, I no longer dreamed and wished it. I did it. Yeah. Like I sat in my basement, just like I was sitting here right now. And I just did. Whatever came to mind was what I wrote on the pad. Mm-hmm. And what I recorded on the mic, and that led me to, you know, X amount of plays. Yeah. And that in itself is like, you know, the finish, it's like one of the finish lines in your, you know, in your many races. Yeah. And you're just like, all right. It's like, I, you're not I, just I done, it. you're going to like. Yeah. It's, all, it's affirmation. It's, it's like you have more than one dreams. And it's yeah. just kind of like putting it all on paper and just making their it. Their goals. It's a, I call my goals now like, they're, they're, they're a checklist. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to perform, you know, you got to set realistic goals, too, and not just be like, man, one day I want to be, <laughs> you could say stuff like, you could say stuff like that, like, oh, one day I want to be a voice actor on Cartoon Network, because mm-hmm. that's literally one thing I want to do before I die. Um, just putting it out there. I love voice acting. Hire me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please. Please. So, we talked about... How you got started Mm -hmm. in music, like what sparked your interests. Mm -hmm. We talked about your collabs and like how it led you to this Warner Music Philippines contract. Mm -hmm. I can say contract. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also like what's inspiring you to write music or what inspired and where you got like um, where you grabbed inspiration from for your music, which is based on real life stuff that happens in your real life. Which is, Pretty much. <laughs> I saw like how I like re like imagine that in my head. I'm like, okay, that was very <laughs> So my last question to you would be, what is your overall end goal from doing everything that you're doing? All right, my end goal. I guess my end goal is just to be happy, man. You know, I just want to be happy. In the end. So your end goal is to be happy. So everything that you are doing right now is to overall just be happy. I want to live the best. I want to live a comfortable life. I want to live a life worth it. Mm -hmm. I want to live a life worth everything I'm doing. So um, no matter if I'm struggling or no matter if I'm raking in the dough, all I want to be is comfortable. And... I want to, my, my end goal is to inspire people. I literally hope and wish, and sometimes I pray on it that like, you know, a kid from, you know, Queens or Brooklyn will just hear my record, which I've heard already. Like somebody that I went to school with was like, my little brother knows who you are. your music. Yeah. He like, he listens to you. And he was like, no, you don't. Like I go to school with this guy. Yeah. And he's like, I know him. I know Deli Flay. And, like, I don't know his brother, but he listens mm-hmm. to me. So, like, that type of feeling and 
that's a reward for me. Yeah. Knowing that somebody that's either younger than me or maybe the same age, anybody that listened to me was like, man, like either, man, he's really good or man, he inspires me yeah. to, to be the best me. It doesn't even need to be in music. Like the reason I do what I do and why I haven't quit doing what I do is because I want to show people, especially kids from Staten Island, mm -hmm. that it's not impossible. Right. Nothing should be impossible to, to, to a human being, yeah. really. Um, and I think I think that's pretty amazing. I feel the fact that you were doing music and just inspired by music at the age of five. I'm going to just play it safe and say five. five. It's probably younger. It was probably like, you were probably like singing in your mom's womb. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Probably tap dancing in it. Tap dancing. But it's like amazing from like that young to now. That you're still doing yeah. the same thing. The same and, thing. And just getting better at it. Because getting the more better. you do, do it, the better you're Definitely getting. Definitely getting better at it. <laughs> the more you're like learning about yourself as you're going. Yeah. And I think it's pretty I think it's pretty amazing. And thank I you. and thank you for sharing your story with Tea Time with Tea. And no for taking the time out all the way from Staten Island yeah, to come yeah. here. Shaolin. Amazing. Stand stand up, you know what it is. Alright guys, thank you for listening to Tea Time with Tea. Thank you, Deli Flay, for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me once again. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. It's Deli Flay, D-E-L-L-Y-F-L-A-Y. And you can find me on, on every, um, I guess, like social media platform and every music streaming service. Deli Flay. Peace. Deli Flay, everyone. Bye.